Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Haunted History Chronicles. Joining me today is Sharice Williams and we're going to be discussing spirituality, intuition and the paranormal field and how spirituality and intuition can play a part within the paranormal field, what this might look like and how you might go about using some of these things within your own investigating. So, stay tuned. Hi Sharice, thanks for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. So, um, you are a woman of many hats. Um, do you want to just explain to the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So, it is always kind of funny. Uh, I do have a lot of interests and I feel like my self-appointed titles I give myself have varied throughout the years. But uh, I guess basically I'm a tarot reader, a witch, and paranormal investigator would probably be the three easiest ways to describe me. And what I think is really kind of interesting is that, you know, you really try and bring those things together with what you're doing. And and I love that. I wish there was more of that in this particular field. And, you know, when I when I look at the paranormal field and I look at where we started and where we are today, I see so many similarities in terms of, you know, this kind of clash of spirituality, intuition with science and how at points they've come together and then they diverge and then they come back together and they kind of diverge. But you know, even today, if, you know, if I go on an investigation, not always are both sides truly embraced um, together. They kind of tend to be more separate. And um, what I love about what you do is that you're bridging those two kind of sides and really utilizing both when you're carrying out investigations. And that's kind of the approach that I prefer, to be honest. So it's really you know, it's going to be a really interesting chat to kind of see what it is that you do and and how you approach the two, really. So I guess my first question is, you know, what was your journey to this point, you know, o- along that way? Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying as well, which I'm sure we will get more into it, um, the merging of spirituality and science. But looking back throughout my life, it's interesting because I had all of those elements throughout my whole life, even not really knowing what spirituality really was or having a magical practice was. Um, But I was one of those kids making potions and stuff in my backyard and adding little herbs and things. I didn't know what I was doing, but it just felt natural and it felt right. Now, as an adult, I realized kind of what I was doing. Um, And I've always been interested in the paranormal as well. And just, it always just felt like there was more to life and to death um, than we were being told or we were really talking about. And so it's always just been something I've been very interested in my whole life. So it's been kind of really neat to see all of these different avenues kind of merge together, not only in my own personal life and practice, but like you said as well, um, seeing others kind of on the similar path to what I'm doing. So how would you say that your kind of spirituality presents itself for anybody that's kind of unfamiliar with some of what that might be, what that might look like? Mm -hmm. Um, So spirituality and religion are two completely different things. A lot of people, myself included for a lot of my life, because I was raised, um, part of my family was Catholic, part of them was Lutheran, both grandparents went to church all the time. So I definitely had a very religious upbringing and background and I always thought that that's 
what spirituality was, but spirituality is very tailored to the individual. Spirituality can pretty much be what you want it to be or what you are seeking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do kind of have some religious elements in my spiritual practice. Like I do, I pray and I always tell people, you don't have to be religious to pray. Praying is just communicating with the divine, or if you don't believe in a divine power, um, you know, we all have a higher self. And so you can even pray and talk to your higher self. So I do a lot of praying, but I do talk to Mary. I talk to Jesus. Um, so I do have those elements thrown in, but, um, my spiritual practice is just very much part of my life. I always find this question a little difficult to answer because it's just so much of who I am. Um, like I see signs and messages in, animals that cross my path or angel numbers that show up on the clock when I look at it. Uh, so it's just very ingrained in my daily life. Which as someone who's kind of um, never really been surrounded by people who I would who I would say are necessarily spiritual. In fact, most people in my circle of friends and family don't believe in um, the paranormal, in the spiritual at all. I'm kind of very much the minority, I would say. Um, but as someone who's kind of at moments in my life kind of had their feet in this area, but not fully submerged kind of a thing, I, I think it's fascinating kind of just to see how much of, a, you know, your life it's really encompassed because, you know, as I said, it's something that I've had moments of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for various different different reasons, I've just never really been able to really dive all in I would say um but it's definitely something that I've always been really intrigued by and wish I'd been able to get more involved in and I think a lot of that has stemmed from just personal circumstances things happening at the time but also just not knowing how how to kind of go further and you know how to kind of communicate that with other people so yeah I always find that fascinating like people in your circumstance that didn't really grow up with any sort of spirituality and things around them, but then you still find this path, you know, you still feel that calling within you. I find that fascinating. I think that's beautiful. I mean, yeah, I was the child when I was like a young teenager, literally going out with dousing rods and, you know, doing things like that. And, and, you know, later on in life, just picking up on things and, and going on investigations and having experiences that really helped to kind of build that, belief in it and that need for it and that real kind of energy around it and seeing the purpose of it but like I said just various things then coming along that kind of halted that and I would say there was a point in my life where I just kind of had to stop doing all of those things for a while but the it's never gone away I may I may have kind of stopped being able to explore it in the way that I think I was starting to but Mm -hmm. just it's it's still there it hasn't gone away Um, Yeah. And I think that's normal. I mean, that happened with me as well. Um, You know, I I read various things growing up, mostly more around like the paranormal and um, like weird happenings, like Mm. spontaneous combustion and alien abductions and just pretty much anything in the department of weird I (laughs) studied and read. Um, But as for spirituality, I got my first tarot deck when I was 12. And I did do personal tarot readings periodically throughout my life whenever things got very difficult. Uh, But it wasn't really until I was about 18 that I started on 
my spiritual path, that's when I really started to um, read about and learn about witchcraft. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really studied and practiced for a couple of years and then life got in the way and life happened and kind of my spiritual and magical practice took a back seat and it um, really just over the last seven years, I've been really consistently devoted to it. And it's now, you know, I don't really see where I end and my practice begins kind of thing. So I think it's normal for life to kind of derail us sometimes. Yeah. And that's a perfect way of explaining it. Just sometimes things happen that mm -hmm. just means just means that some things just have to stop. We just mm -hmm. go off off the path that we'd like to be on for a little while. Um, yeah. And I like to think of it as we're actually still on the path. We just maybe are taking a little side path. Because um, again, looking, it's interesting when you look back at life, you see how things line up and all of that. Because um, I think sometimes we have to kind of get off that spiritual path and focus more on I mean, we are humans here mm -hmm. on earth, having human earth experiences. And I think sometimes that's part of our spiritual lesson or our spiritual growth is focusing more solely on the human aspects. So it may feel like we are kind of falling off the path or like I said, getting derailed, but I think really it's their lessons and things that we need to go through in order to then jump back onto the spiritual path with, uh, more focus and clarity i was just going to say and it come back to it with that renewed energy that renewed mm -hmm. focus and sense of purpose yeah you know being you know committed to it really kind of embracing it in a way that you know you wouldn't have been able to um give it that same same energy um if you mm -hmm. hadn't taken that little bit of a break so Agreed. for anybody kind of um starting not knowing where to start what kind of things would you say to them um, in regards to a spiritual practice? Yeah, just, you know, as a starting point, what would your kind of oh, goodness. Um, tips, tricks be? Be open to all kinds of possibilities and be open to it being unique to you. Um, yeah. You know, in our day and age, I love social media, but I also, I think <laughs> I'm not unique in that, that I love it, but then there's things that I really don't like about it. Um, yeah. You know, social media is great to connect with other people in the spiritual community and to learn from other people. Uh, so that's wonderful, but don't compare yourself to other people's spiritual practices. You know, your spiritual practice, if you aren't somebody who loves nature, like I love nature, that's where I feel the most connected spiritually is when I'm anywhere in nature, I'm in the woods or I'm at the beach or I'm at a cemetery in the woods. Oh my goodness. Um, but you know, some people don't like nature. So find what works for you. Hmm. Don't try to force a spiritual practice for yourself that isn't right. So if the people that you're following on social media or even the books that you're reading and they're talking about go out into nature and touch a tree and you're like, that just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> you know, maybe you like to sit in your living room and look at a telescope up at the stars and that makes you feel connected spiritually. Do that. Um, you know, it doesn't have to look a certain way. So I think that would be my biggest advice. Um, and then also just take it slow. So many people, I feel like, myself included, I'm very impatient. I'm one of those people like, okay, I read one book, like, let's do it. <laughs> um, but spirituality and having that practice, it's such a journey. And it ebbs and flows with you, like we were just talking about in your life. Um, and so just have patience and enjoy it. Some days you're going to feel really 
spiritually connected. And then other days you're going to feel kind of just disconnected and like, ugh, you know, everything in the world is stressing me out and I just really need to have a human day of just binging Netflix. Um, so allow yourself to have those moments um, and really just kind of learn from everybody, I think, as well, without comparing yourself. And I, I think what you said just there really resonates because for me, I personally believe that everybody has this within them, you know, to some degree or other. And it's kind of tapping into those and and seeing those moments without comparing what you're experiencing to what someone else experiences and therefore devaluing the moments that you have. Mm -hmm. um, just being exactly. open to them. Because I do, I think they're everywhere. You know, if you think about those times in your life when, say, for example, you have that feeling that you've got to reach out to a friend or to a loved mm -hmm. one and talk to them, or just that feeling of energy that something is coming or something important is about to happen. Mm -hmm. It's kind of realizing those moments for what they are. And like I said, and I not questioning them. Yes, That's yes. a big part too. So many people, you know, they'll ask, how can you start trusting your intuition? I'm like, you have to start trusting it. And yes. it's the same with your spiritual connection. You know, if a bird lands on your windowsill when you're drinking your morning coffee, thinking about a uh, passed on loved one, mm. and your first inclination is, oh, this might be a sign from them. Yeah. And then your logical mind kicks in. Oh, that's ridiculous. It's just a bird landing on my windowsill. It doesn't mean anything. There's really meaning in everything. There's meaning in symbolism and even the smallest moments. And so mm -hmm. we need to remember to be open to that. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they are starting on their spiritual path, they try to like convince themselves that it's not spiritual. It doesn't mean anything, but it does. And you got to be open to that. Yeah. And and as, as we were saying, just not compare yourself and your experiences to mm -hmm. someone else's because you may be you're on a very different path. You may be experiencing something very different to them. And that's OK. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. And not diminishing that, I think, is is really important. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So obviously you incorporate this into your love of the paranormal. Why do you think these can be? you know, really powerful when also investigating and communicating with spirits? Um, I believe that the paranormal and the spiritual are pretty much, I mean, they have their differences, but they're also so similar. I feel like when I'm connecting with nature spirits, how is that any different than going to an old haunted house and connecting with the spirits there? I kind of feel like if you can connect with one, you can connect with the other. And there's so much of this world that we are still learning and understanding that I think we kind of need to, like the same open mind that you have with your spiritual practice, you need to kind of have that same open mind in your paranormal investigations or your paranormal journey. Because um, there's still so much that we don't know. And I think as well, too, if we're trying to, we don't have the scientific equipment really to find a ghost, you know, <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't continue to be searching like we are. We don't have that one definitive, like, Oh, that's a ghost. Um, and so we need to stay open-minded and not try to confine the paranormal field into this little box. And I think that we sometimes do that. It's, you know, Oh, well, this equipment didn't go off. We can't base it just on intuition. Well, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I ask the same thing. I don't understand why there is this inclina inclination to disprove how people feel or mm -hmm. experience something. But 
don't have those same doubts or need to debunk the piece mm -hmm. of equipment you know yeah. they are both you know i i kind of i approach both in the same way question them both um mm -hmm. try and debunk both yes but don't devalue one route over another you know exactly. they're both really important and can both be very revealing in different ways mm -hmm. and equipment can be just as faulty i feel like if not more than somebody's intuition um I because again i mean this equipment was it's a electrical equipment for example or audio recording equipment that we've tweaked to utilize for ghost hunting at the end of the day we don't really know what ghosts are comprised of or what type of energy they consist of so we can't really be sure that this piece of equipment is picking up a ghost or a spirit um, not to mention so many faulty readings um, you know a lot of people don't even realize that when you open your or take a photo, sometimes that can make a K2 meter go off. Like if you take a photo with your cell phone, um, a lot of people don't turn their phone on airplane mode as well. And so that can send little signals to the K2 and give it false readings. Um, so there's so much room for human error in regards to this equipment that we can't put our, you know, so much faith into this equipment as the end all be all of investigating or finding proof. I completely agree. And I'd see I'd like to see the two really being embraced and mm -hmm. explored, you know, with equal passion and interest and excitement, because, you know, as I said, I think both are very powerful and could open up types of research that are different mm -hmm. and give other perspectives. I mean, I know of just an example. I know of Corinne, who helps to run the um, a paranormal team here in the UK, and she also helps to look after events at the Jamaica Inn mm -hmm. and they've been located at this site for years and years so they are doing all of the research all of the investigations nobody else goes in without them and that's really allowed them to basically go in as researchers and do all kinds of different experiments mm -hmm. and one of the things that they do is to take questionnaires of all the people that attend and gather their responses, their feelings in particular rooms, their responses, how it makes them feel. And obviously, they're not having those communicated necessarily between the groups, but they're mm -hmm. using that to help build up these pictures of are there are there types of experiences that are happening frequently among lots of the guests? Are there similar experiences, similar feelings, similar reactions in certain rooms over others? Mm -hmm. And it just helps them to gather a different type of body of research and information that they can then go away and use alongside other things that they do. So, you know, one example being that they have one particular room where many of the guests have this experience of feeling quite kind of like um, seasick where the ground just hmm. particularly stable and they researched that and they found lots of information that that kind of supported the fact that the floor itself was made from old ships being you know the the beams of a ship and oh, the wow. of a ship that had shipwrecked off of the, oh that's amazing you know just out to sea and yet here it was in a room that was perfectly flat people would be standing would be sitting and literally feeling like they were swaying and couldn't understand this feeling of complete kind of of not being steady on their feet mm -hmm. and just feeling really out at sea 
And here you have something that they could then follow and they could literally trace it to the indiv individual beams and floorboards on this ship. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. But as a body of research, incredibly powerful. Yes. They could have dismissed that as, you know, these are just hired guests. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this, it's that. But they collected it. They gathered it. They were able to follow patterns and then go down other routes. And, you know, just think what we could find out if we were more open Mm -hmm. and not quite so dismissive of yes. that spiritual side. Oh, I love that. That is such a great example of <laughs> pairing intuition and feelings with research and science. And yeah, I mean, that, that I love that. <laughs> I know, it's a brilliant example. But, it is. You know, and I think it, they're in a unique position because they do have such access to this mm -hmm. particular location. And I think when you have something like that, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of what you can try and, you know, just mm -hmm. how far you can go. But I think we're all capable of doing similar things mm -hmm. and seeing where it leads. And like I said, yes. that's, that's kind of what I'd like to see more of as, alongside, you know, all the other gadgets that we like to use as well, because they have their place. Mm -hmm. you know, but it's using them side by side, I think. Yeah. Um, there's an author, I always, I need to figure out how to actually pronounce his last name because I think I'm saying it wrong. Um, Lloyd Auerbach. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So in one of his books, he was saying that the greatest disservice to the paranormal field is the fact that you have parapsychology who's doing so much research on things like ESP and, um, you know, in intuition and things. And then you have the paranormal field that is the more going in with, oh, we only look for solid evidence like the K2 going off or an EVP. And there really needs to be a bridge. And he says that there really isn't going to be major advances in either of these fields until as a collective, everybody kind of merges those two topics because it's like, you have two groups of people researching two separate things that are pretty much, you know, two different sides to the same coin. And mm. they really need to be brought together and shared research and techniques. Um, and I think until we really successfully do that, I agree with him. We probably won't see major changes or growth within these fields. No, because I think we're only looking at looking at it from a very mm -hmm. narrow lens. And I think we need to broaden that lens to see the full picture. And we will only do that by opening up all avenues and thoughts and approaches and, and kind of blending them and seeing them for what they are and using and, and using those techniques for what they are, as opposed to just focusing this narrow, you know, this very narrow field and this very narrow approach. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. I, I I don't know where kind of it will head. But I'd like to certainly hope that it it does become more of this blended style. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I'm lucky in that a lot of the investigations that I've been on in the United Kingdom, there have been that element of of both. And you know that's partly I think because in a lot of cases there has been you know a medium there helping to kind of run the event or to mm -hmm. um, be one of the the hosts etc and so that's kind of helped but I I don't think it's necessarily being tapped into its fullest if that makes sense yeah I completely agree there's still a lot of teams out there and locations that completely dismiss mediums tarot cards any sort of feelings 
Um, I think we are starting to see a little bit of a change and people being a little more open to, um, you know, merging these two topics, which I'm very glad about. <laughs> same, same. Because as I say, I think it allows for some really unique evidence and, and thought processes and thinking and research, mm -hmm. which would Agreed. be very exciting. So do you have any particular experiences from, you know, things that you've been on that you'd want to share? Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like my followers are probably getting sick of me talking about Indiana State Sanatorium, <laughs> but that was the most recent investigation I went on. And it's one of the most incredible investigations I've ever been on. Um, it's a fairly new location um, mm -hmm. as far as being opened for investigations. The owner, I believe he just purchased the property in February of 2021 and they were cleaning it up. And I say cleaning it up loosely because the location sat abandoned for a while, so it's definitely in some disrepair. Uh, but there's so many properties, buildings on this property. It's in the middle of the woods. There is a hospital building. There's a nursing home building. There's more of an administration building. There's even a mansion that they are restoring, and they're going to open it up as a bed and breakfast. But... This location is extraordinarily haunted, um, and I was lucky enough to be one of the first groups to get to go in and investigate it, and I've never had that opportunity. You know, a lot of the locations that I think anybody who does investigating, uh, a lot of the locations we go to, they've been investigated by a lot of people. Maybe even television shows have filmed there, and so it was really kind of a rare treat to get to go to this location that as far as investigations go, was very untapped. Mm. And so we were curious. I went with a team called ACG Paranormal. They're based out of Chicago, Illinois. Um, and it was great. And I really like them because they also believe in merging more um, intuition with the science. You know, they have a lot of great equipment, but they also really go based on feelings. So mm. if we were like, okay, I'm feeling this, like they don't discredit it or if we're like okay I feel like maybe we should go down this hallway like we would go down that hallway you know so we didn't throw out our our intuition in that investigation and I think that that really helps and I don't know if that also contributed to the activity because um, I saw on social media there was a gentleman he had just investigated there and I asked him how it was and he said it was all right it was pretty quiet and I was like what Oh my gosh, because I've never heard so many disembodied voices in one night in my entire life at this place. There mm -hmm. were just, I mean, just spirits talking audibly. We all heard it as a group as well. So it wasn't one of those like, well, maybe I didn't hear that. Or maybe that was just a floor creaking and it sounded like a voice. Like, no, we all confirmed it was a voice. So that's an example too. I kind of want to reach back out to him and ask, what's your investigation technique? So I don't know if it's because as a group, we were all so open to intu intuition and spirituality that that maybe helped the activity, but oh my goodness. Oh, I think it does. And I, I and again, I think this is another reason why merging these two sides mm -hmm. is so important because, you know, if we go in close-minded and, you know, I firmly believe that energies react with energy, mm -hmm. but, you know, if we're close-minded to that, then who knows what we're missing and by doing that we're kind of dampening down the energies that we're trying to build in order to speak to communicate to hear mm -hmm. and you know 
being open to that just keeps that energy flowing, that energy building. And I think by doing that, so many more things are possible. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's the particularly exciting part about it, actually. I agree. Um, You know, I mean, we all... (laughs) we all have our energy fields and they, I mean, and that's actually been scientifically proven that humans have energetic fields. Um, And yeah, I think, I think spirits can probably sense the type of energy you're giving off. Or if you are kind of more closed off to that, I think you do kind of put up this energetic barrier around you and you possibly just kind of tune out the activity that is happening around you. So another reason to just be open to anything Absolutely. And, you know, the more open we are, I think the more possible it is to experience these things. And that's why I think in large part, there is that kind of scale of intuition and spirituality, if you like, Mm -hmm. because I think it depends on how much you open yourself to it largely Mm -hmm. as to what kind of you experience and you get back, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think that's a really powerful example, though, of how your energy, your approach going into this as a group just enabled so much more to happen and you know I've had very similar experiences where going on investigations where the group itself the dynamic of the group itself maybe hasn't been as open and so therefore the experiences have been quite flat the energy throughout the whole night's been quite flat yes other times that's so frustrating too when that happens (laughs) but there's very little you can do about it because Mm -hmm. you know that's just the dynamic you just got to go with it yes you know flip that coin and you get the right group of people and it's it's completely different the energy is completely charged Mm -hmm. and you and then you just get so much more almost from the get-go so yeah I think you know your example there is really very powerful example of how that can really kind of benefit an investigation Mm -hmm. which is exciting so in terms of going in what would you kind of say are things to maybe try and experience and to bring into a paranormal investigation if you kind of want to use this use Mm -hmm. this side more what kinds of things would you suggest as maybe starting points to just try as a paranormal investigator definitely keep your intuition open um i mean i mentioned with your personal spiritual practice, don't discredit your intuition. If your intuition's telling you that that bird you saw is a spiritual message, go with that. Um, the same with an investigation. If your intuition is telling you it feels like there's a man in this room with us, yeah, don't convince yourself that there isn't. Go with that. Start addressing your, you know, if you're going to do an EVP session, start addressing your questions to the energy that you're feeling. If you're feeling an angry male presence you know, maybe start asking, why are you so upset? What's your name? And start addressing it as the energy you're feeling. Um, And a lot of times that can really help stir up activity. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I mean, if you're in a room and you're thinking, oh, well, I've heard that there's a child in this room, but I'm feeling an angry man. But you're tailoring all your questions and your energy to the energy of a child maybe that angry man is like, well, I'm not going to talk to you. You're trying to talk to some kid who isn't here. Like, why am I going to bother speaking to you? (laughs) Whereas if you trust that intuition, even though nobody else has talked about an angry man in that room, um, because that's another thing, you can't go into a location and base your investigation on other people's experiences. You have to go with your own. So if you tweak it and you just embrace your intuition without any proof, you know, you might get better results than if you are ignoring that intuition. So 
go with your intuition, even if it seems to go against um, other stories you've heard or history of the place even. Because like the the floorboard story, oh my gosh, I love that story. <laughs> That's like my new favorite paranormal story now. Um, you know, if, if they just threw all that out, well, there's no reason that people should be feeling seasick. And they threw that out, they wouldn't have done further research to find out about those floorboards coming from the ship. So you really have to trust your intuition, even if it seems like it doesn't make sense. I think that that is the biggest, the biggest takeaway, probably. Absolutely. And why would you ever connect um, uh, an inn mm -hmm. to a ship itself? Completely different structures, buildings, mm -hmm. miles apart. Um, and yet they were having an experience like that and they couldn't explain it and, and hence gathering that information to mm -hmm. try and answer that question of well, why are people feeling this way in this one room only this room mm -hmm. and you know just going with it rather than shutting it down and yeah yeah just so that's a perfect example so exactly. you can do that in your own investigations as well exactly and and again that comes back to don't compare yourself to other people mm -hmm. and what they're experiencing because they may be having something very different to you they may be picking up on something very different as a you know an energy as a spirit and they need to go with that you, you know you can't dis mm -hmm. you can't discount what you're feeling it's equally as valuable yes and i also think it's important to um if you're wanting to incorporate more intuition or spirituality into your investigations is to also keep in mind that there's so many more spiritual entities than just your typical ghost, your passed yeah. on human being. There's nature spirits that could be inhabiting that location. Uh, so, you know, pay attention to that. You might want to tweak your investigation to connect more to a nature spirit. Like how do I appeal to a fairy or a gnome, you know, like maybe I need to leave a sort of offering for them so they'll come out and talk to me. Uh, like be open to it, even if it sounds absolutely insane. Um, you know, think bigger, think more outside of the box and don't be afraid to incorporate equipment as well, like tarot cards. I've had so much luck with tarot cards on investigations. It's one of my favorite tools to utilize. And anytime I go to anywhere to investigate, I make sure to have my tarot cards. See, um, this is something I've never actually tried. And I kind of ask myself, why haven't I ever tried it? Because mm -hmm. again, tarot is something I've dipped in and out of um, at various times of my life, but I've never ever connected and thought why don't I take this on in an investigation and use mm -hmm. them? And I suppose it comes back to that thinking of, well, why would I? Nobody else is taking it type of a thing. Yeah. But actually, it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you use them on an investigation then for anybody that's now wondering the same thing? Why <laughs> have I never tried this? Yeah. Um, so I like to sometimes do a reading before an investigation of just kind of, you know, to get an idea of what is the overall energy of this location. Uh, are there any spirits that I should try to connect to? Um, you know, like how, what is the best form of communication? How should I best communicate with the spirits there? So I like to do that before I go to a location and then at a location, um, I'll just kind of do a reading like I would if there was a living person sitting in front of me. So if, for example, we'll go with the angry man <laughs> scenario, you know, I'll pull a card like, well, why are you so angry? Why are you 
still here? You know, is there anything we could do to help you? Mm -hmm. And just pull cards on questions like that to just kind of get more answers that maybe our equipment isn't doing. Maybe we're not getting any EVPs. Maybe the spirit isn't wanting to utilize or can't utilize the rim pod or the K2 meter. Um, It's just a good way to connect more energetically and intuitively with the spirits and with your own intuition as well. And I suppose the same same things could be used maybe um, if there are objects in the location. So maybe trying psychometry um, mm-hmm. and seeing what you pick up there. It's it, it comes back to what we were saying earlier of don't discount any of these. They might mm-hmm. all be something that are useful depending on the location and which tools you prefer, which things you feel more comfortable trying or just just to see what energies you pick up on and what things that you experience and seeing Mm -hmm. if that has any bearing on the location itself and the energies that you're picking up on. Exactly. I think that's, you know, again, just some really useful advice um, to enable someone maybe to go in and try something a little bit different. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, I'll definitely have to give that a try. <laughs> yeah, do it for sure. You'll I'll let you know how it you'll goes. never investigate without tarot cards ever again. <laughs> Honestly, I I really don't know why I've never tried it. Yeah, like the first time I was like, I should use tarot cards on my investigation. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Like, I mean, I've been reading tarot cards forever since I was 12, and it's so much of my own life. So why not? Yeah, why not it use it in this part of my life exactly? Yeah. But it's, I suppose it's having, having that moment, that epiphany of, oh, I can, yeah, I can do this. I can try this here, this here and, and mm-hmm. see what it kind of picks up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I think like anything, it's just having the confidence with what you're doing and the self-belief of, look, I'm not interested necessarily in what someone else thinks or what, you know, what they want to try. This is what I'm, I want to try for myself to see what it brings for me as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's just having that self-belief and that confidence. And and like you said, just bringing the different aspects of what we do in our own life to these experiences, mm-hmm. because they're part of a, a whole, they're part of that bigger picture, aren't they? Yes. And have it look, I mean, I know some people like to um, throw dice to see what numbers pop up and they'll do readings with that. If that's something you do readings with in your personal practice, take the dice to an investigation with you and start incorporating throwing dice on an investigation and see what happens. Um, I think there's so many things in our spiritual practices that we can bring to an investigation like tarot cards or your pendulum, or you mentioned dousing rods, Mm. Um, you know, find ways that you can bring your spiritual practice into your paranormal practice. And even you can bring your paranormal practice into your spiritual one. Mm. Um, you know, if you are doing a tarot reading to connect to your ancestors, maybe set your K2 meter out. Maybe your ancestors want to communicate to you through your K2 meter. Um, or if you are doing a pendulum session, again, to maybe connect to a specific spirit guide, set out your digital recorder. Maybe you'll capture a voice of your spirit guide. Um, it's They really can crisscross over each other, both of these fields. Absolutely. And I think, you know, something that I just you know, something that I think is important and why, you know, we shouldn't discount some of these things are, you know, you were talking about how many of the locations that you go into are are places that have been investigated an infinite number of times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the same is, is true, I think, all over the world. There's the same types of, 
of locations the same you know the popular places really mm-hmm. do get investigated to death yeah and sometimes that does mean that the energies there really kind of dampen yes it's not sick a, of it i think yeah and <laughs> if you think you know if someone's coming in all of the time and whipping out their k2 meter uh-huh. <laughs> and, and you know their digital recorder and using the same things and the same questions when they're calling out and the same you know questions for particular spirits that are you know on a daily basis being called out mm-hmm. you know, it just makes the whole place very flat and yes. i think trying different things keeps it interesting and i think it keeps that energy up and and again i think that's why it's so important to have that rich variety because otherwise it gets very monotonous both as someone on an investigation you know if you're always trying the same things and if you know that experience becomes very tired very quickly mm-hmm. if you're always asking the same things and using the same equipment but same for the spirits there i think i think so too i mean i know if i was a spirit and just night after night, like you said, oh, here comes the K2 meter, here comes the voice recorder. I'd be so bored. But if I saw somebody pull out some tarot cards, I'd be like, oh, hey, what are you doing? Like, let me come over and talk to you. And I think, you know, it's, you can tap into so many different things, play music from that particular, mm-hmm. from particular pieces, dress up yes. in particular pieces. Use the language and the slang exactly. that they used. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, this is where I I kind of say hats off to Corinne, who I mentioned earlier at the Jamaica Inn, because she goes down so many different routes. She uses, she's learning um, old dialects so that she can use that in their investigations. They don't close anything down. And, you know, again, I just wish you saw more of things like Mm -hmm. that happening because, you know, I think paranormal investigating could be so much more exciting. I agree. And interesting and we could get so much more information that way mm-hmm. and varieties of different information that you know if we pulled all of that what kinds of questions would that throw up and what kind of answers might we possibly get to places that we wouldn't normally get otherwise i agree it's exciting to think about and i really i hope that people do continue to start to think more outside of the box and embrace different techniques and styles cuz it'll be fun to watch the field evolve And that's where I kind of hope that, you know, people who have an interest, if they listen to this podcast, just feel a bit more confident going away and trying some of these for themselves. Mm -hmm. Start with whatever you feel comfortable with. You know, if you want to start by just dressing up and playing some music, start there. Mm -hmm. If you want to start bringing your tarot cards, because that's something you're interested in, start there. You know, it's, it's where you feel most comfortable with and then just go with that progression, go with the flow and, and see where it takes you mm-hmm. don't get stuck in a way. rut <laughs> yeah which we're all you know capable of doing yes <laughs> i think we're all guilty of from time to time yeah just broaden <laughs> that field and see mm-hmm. where it takes you yes i think that's the very exciting bit thank you so much it's been incredibly fascinating talking to you thank um, you i always love talking about these kinds of things yeah i could talk about it forever and a day <laughs> me too me too <laughs> So as I say, I hope anybody who listens to this um, tries some of these things and obviously comes and finds you if they haven't already to see more of what you do. Because I think, again, some of the best ways that we evolve is looking at what other people do in their practices and seeing how that might suit us and how we might Mm -hmm. incorporate some of those things or or not. You know, again, just going with what we feel comfortable with. Yes. So, yeah. 
you'll have to check out Sharice and I'll make sure that we post all your social media and pages etc so they can come and see more of what you do because it's amazing (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much for your time thank you bye everyone like this podcast then there are a number of things that you can do come along and follow haunted history chronicles on facebook twitter and instagram the links are below in the description to this podcast share news of the podcast with friends family who may be interested you can also come along and join us on our new website which has a plethora of other features including information on our episodes guests and a blog which includes guest writers You can support the podcast further by leaving us a review or taking a look at our Patreon page and in the process gain access to some extra goodies. Your support and encouragement is always invaluable. Thank you so very much, everyone. (laughs) 